The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be continuing our dialogue on um, impact leadership with the focus today on education. And... Um, I think for those that are tuned in from from other sectors, um, I think you'll find in this dialogue that there'll be something for you too. I think as we've talked about social services and um, as we continue to look at impact leadership, there will be some threads as we kind of go through the conversation on how um, certainly some things specific to leadership can also, I should say, um, maybe I'd say more directed toward education can also have a lot of relevance to leading in other fields. So we'll um, we'll invite those of you who aren't in the field of education to definitely still stay with us today because, um, again, I think there will be some things that will certainly still apply. On our show today, we are pleased to have Dr. Joseph Johnson, who's the Executive Director of the National Center for Urban School Transformation based at San Diego, San Diego State University. Dr. Johnson, thank you for being on the line. Thank you for inviting me. Mm-hmm. We also have Dr. Alfonso Rodriguez, who's the Director of Training and Staff Development with the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Dr. Rodriguez, thank you also for joining us. Uh, yes, Dr. G. It's a pleasure to join you. Thank you. And then we have Mr. Troy Bell, local government and educational consultant. Thank you also, Troy, for being on the line. Thank you very much, Dr. G, for having me. Yes. So I know uh, personally all the uh, fabulous, um, one might say, credentials that each of you bring to our show and the perspective. I'm going to ask each of you to share a little bit bit so that um, our listening audience can also have some idea of the perspective that you bring. Dr. Johnson, why don't we start with you? The National Center for Urban School Transformation uh, is uh, a group that has the mission of identifying, studying, and celebrating the nation's highest performing urban schools. So uh, we annually undertake a process by which we identify winners of our National Excellence in Urban Education Award. These are typical uh, urban schools that are achieving atypical results, uh, that are achieving uh, outstanding levels of academic success for uh, 
elementary and secondary school students. We um, we celebrate those schools. We also bring those schools together at an annual symposium, our conference, uh, that we'll actually be holding next month in San Diego. Uh, and But we also uh, work with school districts that are endeavoring to create similar kinds of successes. Fabulous. And Joe, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, just about yourself personally, as far as just your journey through your career. I've played a variety of roles. Uh, I've been a teacher, a school administrator, a district-level administrator. I've worked with two different state departments of education um, in leadership roles, and uh, I spent a time uh, at the U.S. Department of Education directing uh, the federal Title I program, which, is, which uh, provides over $10 billion uh, to uh, elementary and secondary schools throughout the, the nation. Um, and, um, but the, the, the part of my work that I think um, is most relevant to today's discussion is that I've been actively engaged in in studying and learning about uh, these very, very successful urban schools. Fabulous. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Dr. Rodriguez, can we hear a little bit about your background and um, the perspective you bring to the show? Okay. Thank you, Dr. G. It's a pleasure to be on your show again. Um, I'm a director of training and staff development for Neighborhood House Association, which is uh, one of the larger uh, nonprofit uh, human services agencies here in San Diego. Uh, Neighborhood House is the grantee for uh, the Head Start program in the uh, core area of San Diego City and South Bay areas and and the East County. Uh, We serve about uh, 8,000 children and families. Um, my responsibilities uh, have dealt a lot with uh, looking at uh, child outcomes uh, for the past 10 years and using uh, teacher ratings um, and other kinds of measures to uh, identify uh, how children are progressing as they uh, enter into Head Start and uh, exit uh, onto school readiness. Uh, my background is um, more of a, a behavioral sciences background. I uh, at a doctorate level in uh, psychology and a mental health practitioner. Uh, I've also had the opportunity to work in other uh, disciplinary areas that relate to education, uh, like social services. So um, I think what I bring to the program is perhaps a well-rounded uh, kind of uh, background in terms of uh, not only in education, but also uh, in other related areas. Fabulous. <clears throat> Thank you also, Dr. Rodriguez, for being with us today. And uh, Troy, can we hear a little bit about yourself as well? Well, sure. Um, Let me first say thank you very much, Dr. G, for putting me in uh, the company of uh, such great folks who are doing great things in the areas of education. And uh, I um, might purpose. Myself personally have about 25 years of uh, local government experience, uh, ranging from law enforcement to um, 
technology, and most recently that included uh, serving as the assistant to the city manager for the city of Beverly Hills. Uh, my current research um, involves the study of intergovernance, which is uh, the convergence of local government uh, governance and educational government governance, looking at the different models that exist, uh, such as mayoral schools uh, and uh, municipal schools, uh, from the standpoint of leveraging best practices and the value that the, that model can potentially bring to enhancing educational outcomes for uh, schools in urban areas. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Well, Troy, it's always a pleasure to um, have you on the show as well, and thank you for joining us today. Sure. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I know the last few weeks we've been talking about this whole notion of impact leadership. We started off the conversation with Susan Dreffers who's the president and CEO of Families International in Milwaukee, and uh, Jenny um, Firmer, the associate director of Alpert Jewish Family Services, were also part of that conversation. And each of them really kind of talked about um, the focus of moving beyond programmatic outcomes to really looking at are we making a difference and impacting our communities and kind of continued that conversation last week um, looking more at the uh, social service field. I want to have each of you think about um, the role of leaders as it relates to the field of education. And what do you see as the leader's role in driving outcomes and impacting uh, change in our communities, uh, schools? Uh, Dr. Johnson, why don't we have you start again? Certainly, as we look at um uh, exceptional schools, as well as uh, as we look at at very high performing districts, um, leadership is key. Um, we have never found uh, a great school uh, where there was uh, an absence of uh, strong leadership. Um, uh, in fact, in in many strong schools, it's not just one leader. Uh, it is a leader who has um, built leadership amongst others. So, um, but the question is, you know, well, what is it about these leaders and 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 we've kind of organized our thinking about this um, in three categories because we see these leaders first uh, providing leadership that creates a climate, a culture in which everyone uh, wants to be a part of the organization. They commit their effort, and and that includes students who want to be there, who want to come to school. Uh, it includes uh, teachers and staff who who feel like they are part of a team uh, that's accomplishing great things in the lives of children. Uh, it includes parents who know that this is an organization that has the best interest of their child at heart. Uh, it, 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 is, it is leadership that creates a culture that brings people together. But it's not just that, because the second part is that leadership also has to uh, 
do the hard work of fundamentally improving what is taught within that school. So great schools get great results in part because they teach more. They they get students to uh, higher levels of understanding, deeper levels of understanding. And, and so in very successful schools, we see students learning more challenging uh, academic content at all levels. And then finally, in these very successful schools, we see leaders who are working in ways to create more effective instruction such that students are actually learning the rigorous content. And so they're providing instruction in ways that increase the likelihood that students will excel. Okay. And when we come back, I'm going to ask others to join in on that. But I want to give you an opportunity, Dr. Johnson, to also just say, what are some of those more effective ways? Looks like we need to take a, a brief break, but we'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. 
we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're talking about impactful leadership and education. And with us, with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Dr. Joseph Johnson, Executive Director of the National Center for Urban Schools Transformation, based at San Diego State University. Again, thank you, Dr. Johnson, for being with us. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. And also on the line is Dr. Alfonso Rodriguez, Training and Staff Development Director with Na- with um, Neighborhood Health Association here in San Diego. Thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. And thank you, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Troy Bell, Local Government and Education Consultant. Uh, thank you, Troy. Thank you, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. Before we went to break, uh, Dr. Johnson, you were um, talking about the um, uh, the role of leadership in education and how in the schools where you've seen effectiveness, teachers taught uh, things were working in such a way where there was um, greater learning that was created by, I guess, more effective teaching, and uh, which kind of led to I think, learning at a deeper level. Could you say a little bit more about what, hap- what was happening that was different? Just so sure. we kind of can unpack that a little bit. Yeah. You know, um, many of us who earned teaching credentials um, uh, over, over the you know, past few decades, the truth might be said, um, you know, we were taught to teach the beeve, leave it to beaver, um, because we were taught in a way where the, you know, the, the, the general notion was that if we just presented the information in some reasonable, logical manner, um, we could assign some homework and we could be relatively assured that the beef would go home and 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 mom would be there and and she would provide um the homework assistance and if she couldn't help dad would um, be coming home at six o'clock, and he had a college degree, and and he would be able to help. And if by some strange chance he couldn't, um, you know, the family was going to hire a tutor. But one way or the other, if the teacher just basically presented the information, there was a decent chance that the student was going to learn it. Um, and learn and it sounds like through reinforcement at home. It's, right, but, but, mm-hmm. but, but in contrast today, mm-hmm. um, many of the students that we have the privilege of serving don't have all of those supports. And so in schools that still manage to get very high percentages of students uh, to academic proficiency, uh, teachers are teaching in ways where they increase the likelihood that students will learn the content. Uh, And so what that means is instead of an approach where where teachers lecture, uh, we see much more interaction where teachers are engaging students, where students are, are, uh, are expected to respond, where teachers are looking to get students to discuss, to debate, to compare and contrast and analyze and, 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 uh, and 
do so in active ways where um, they are involved in the learning. And so there's there's more detail to all that, but I think that's the general picture of how instruction in these very successful schools starts to look differently from instruction that we see in more typical schools where folks are still teaching in the ways that, you know, we were trained to teach the beef. All right. Okay. Thank you for that um, great distinction. Troy and Dr. Rodriguez, either of you want to jump in here and maybe build on what Dr. Johnson has said or share your own thoughts relative to the role of leadership in making a difference in the um, academic achievement of our students? I think uh, if I can jump in, uh, Dr. Johnson hit the nail, uh, proverbial nail right on the head. Uh, many people have asked me uh, over the uh, over the six or seven years that I was involved in developing the 10 charter schools in, uh, in the Midwest, why were the schools that I developed uh, more successful than the traditional school system? And uh, in effect, asking what's the magic uh, pixie pixie dust? And uh, my response has been, from my experience, that uh, the key distinction is uh, mission clarity, that I call it. And uh, what I mean by mission clarity is in the schools that that I developed, and typically this is typical for many charter schools. There was a specific mission, and that mission was clear, and the school leader. Um, had control over that mission, whereas those school leaders that you find in large school districts are being pulled in seven different directions. Um, the, the mission is not clear. The mission is mixed. Um, they're not in a position to have all of the instructors in their school on board and rowing in the same direction. And what is inherent to the, the charter school is the ability to have that control and that mission clarity to have that, such that the school leader had a vision and was uh, empowered to carry out that vision. We looked at the three main areas, which are the actors, uh, the system, and the content, the actors being the instructors in the school, the system, being the uh, methodology that the school leader pulled together and the robust content, uh, very similar to what Dr. Johnson was saying, um, what was actually being taught, what fundamentally was being taught in those schools. And those are three levels that all related back to mission clarity. And in my uh, studies and research concerning uh, intergovernance, you find when you have a convergence of local school district governance and uh, uh, local governance, um, there is much more mission clarity, typically because uh, there's a compelling reason why that uh, uh, that combination came together. What forces are pushing um, local government and educational government to come together, whether it be a budget crisis or financial or uh, most recently, in the last 10 to 15 years, it's been uh, the academic performance, which has caused reason for us to uh, be willing to accept uh, somebody stepping in to try to do something different with education. But I think, uh, like I said, Dr. Johnson was right on the money in terms of um, the ability of a good school leader to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you. Dr. Rodriguez, anything you'd add? Uh, yes, I, I do want to also... Um, um, 
make a comment on Dr. Johnson's remarks in the sense that um, there's also a lot of research that has emerged over uh, teaching capabilities uh, even at a preschool level. So many of the uh, engagement strategies that he mentioned Mm -hmm. in terms of being successful um, are now also being uh, asked for at a preschool level. So uh, at a preschool level, for example, there's an interest, a really strong interest in terms of how teachers interact with children, not just necessarily in terms of giving information, uh, but also setting um, a climate that is positive, um, uh, providing some sensitivity to each child uh, in terms of where their developmental level's at, uh, and also um, designing conversations where there's a lot of opportunities for children to be queried on their thoughts and on their thinking uh, as it relates to subject matter that is being presented. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if I might add to that, mm-hmm. I grew up in a household uh, where my mother was a special education PhD, and she taught special ed uh, for over 30-some-odd years. And um, she always took the approach of a facilitative uh, role in the classroom. Um, and that was the, the model that I followed when I was in the classroom. Instead of just being a lecturer, being a facilitator of the learning process. And um, like was said earlier, we are experiencing an environment today where fewer children are able to go home and have that facilitation occur in, in the home. Uh, through interaction with other siblings or interaction with parents. And so that facilitation that uh, invites students to participate and be involved and intimately embrace uh, the subject matter um, has to happen in the classroom more significantly than in the past. Um, and I think that's a, a piece of uh, what we'd, we would consider best practices. Mm-hmm. Great. And, and I'm hearing, um, I'd say, a lot of common themes and uh, I think those common themes, not only in the field of education, but as we just kind of look at leadership in and of itself, I think Dr. Johnson started off in talking about creating that inclusive culture, and I think I hear that across the board, you know, where people feel valued, appreciated, part of, you're going to get a foundation, a culture that supports greater performance. And then um, the expectation that there is, uh, you know, what is being taught and um I think being clear on on that again, regardless of where you are, I think the um, you know is the I think in the field of education we talk about curriculum, in other areas we might talk about other competencies. But are we clear on what it is we're trying to advance, and are we holding ourselves to a level that is uh, that's high enough to really have people strive to do their best? And then, you know, love this whole concept that, um, Troy, you just talked about in using your terms around facilitation. Dr. Rodriguez, you also talked about it and I think started with that thread that Dr. Johnson laid around engaging. You know, how are our students being engaged? And I think that's a huge part of success, I think, in any climate with regards to, I love that proverb that says people learn and grow from interaction with each other. So, you know, what is the quality of the interactions that are taking place. Um, I think some really good food for thought. One is to kind of think about in your own organizations or in the own, your own work that you're doing, what are you currently doing to advance the vision and what would you see as the critical point of difference 
um, that's being made in the lives and systems um, that are being touched. So just some things to kind of maybe um, think about. When we come back, we're going to take some some uh, questions from our listening audience and then have you share a little bit about some of the, the critical learnings that you are experiencing in your work. So so ask you to please stay with us. We're going to take another short break and be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email Dr. G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. And we're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today we're discussing impactful leadership in the field of education with Dr. Johnson, Dr. Joseph Johnson, Executive Director of the National Center for Urban Schools Transformation based at San Diego State University. Dr. Johnson, thank you again. Sure. And Dr. Alfonso Rodriguez, Training and Staff Development Director with the Neighborhood House Association, also based in San Diego, California. Thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. And Troy Bell, local government and education consultant. Thank you, Mr. Bell. I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Then also joining us for the segment, we have Gia Ranson, and Gia is um, stepping in today for Valerie Wright, our associate producer, who is on vacation. So hope you're enjoying yourself, Valerie. And Gia, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes, and you have some questions from our listening audience? Yes, I do. We have two questions. Okay. The first question is from John in Michigan. He says, over the past year, I read articles 
referring to this generation of students as millennial learners and that they have different characteristics from the generations of students that preceded them. Students have access to a wide variety of information technology that has helped shape the way they learn and interact. How has the differences between millennial learners and those who went before them impacted their academic achievements, and what do teachers need in order to help millennial learners in meeting academic requirements? Great. Thank you, John from Michigan. Um, Dr. Johnson, would you like to start us off with a response to John? Sure. Uh, one, of the, one of the great leaders that I have a chance to work with is uh, a superintendent in Florida, and he he talks about the three T's that are essential uh, as we as we look at millennial learners and 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 the world uh, that we are preparing uh, these students to enter and and his three T's are thinking, teamwork, and technology. So as we look to work uh, with these students, we have to recognize that they are going to um, function in an environment where uh, they, they're not simply going to be asked to recall information in the ways many of us have been asked to recall information over the years for various kinds of tests, etc. They have to be able to think about that information, process that information, use that information in different ways. So that means that we have to, if we're going to get students to excel, we have to be thinking about how we teach in ways that promote those higher levels of cognitive uh, skill. As well, um, uh, our, our, our children uh, who are in school today, they are much more likely to work in environments where they're going to have to be part of teams. And it's not simply their ability to perform individually, but how to contribute as a team. And so what this suggests in terms of how we teach is that we need to be thinking about how we get students to interact with each other around the curriculum. How do we get them to learn from each other? How do we get them to support each other in generating uh, wiser solutions uh, to, to real problems? And then finally, the technology issue is crucial. And, and in that, um, we, we want students to understand a multitude of ways to utilize technology in ways that will help them uh, answer uh, important questions. Uh, and so uh, that's far more than uh, keyboarding. It's far more than learning basic programming. It's, it's, it's all about, you know, how do I access the amazing world of information 
that's accessible through technology and how do I use that in ways um, that can actually help solve problems. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Johnson. Dr. Rodriguez or um, Troy, anything you would add to um, that answer for John? Uh, yes, I'd like to, to add on to that. I, I, even in preschools, we, we see technology as part of our classroom. Uh, the, the curriculum that we use here at Neighborhood House actually has a interest area that is set up where a computer is available for ch- children to use during their free choice time. So even at a very early age, there are a number of early childhood education programs that are offering children the opportunity to, um, you know, engage um, computers and also to use it as a um, uh, peer experience. So the value is not only in being able to um, operate the equipment, but it's also uh, the ability to uh, work as a team uh, and to learn um, how those uh, computer games work. Uh, the other area that we stress a lot of uh, value on is around uh, what we call a project approach. And, again, that it's designed around uh, capturing the child's interests in areas that they would like to explore. Uh, it's really a challenge for teachers because it's not a theme-based approach. It's really um, looking at what children have interest in and then uh, developing a plan to further uh, investigate what those interests are and how those connect with the real world. Fabulous. Thank you so much. John, I hope that that has given you some food for thought, and thank you so much for sending in your question. Uh, Gia, do you have another question? You said you had two? Yes, I do. The second question is from Mildred in California. She says, one of the influences for student achievement is the level of digital literacy they possess. I believe that we have to ensure that students have the digital literacy competency required in the 21st century. My concern is that teachers overall don't have that digital literacy competency before they enter their classrooms. How does this dynamic bear on their ability to impact student achievement? Okay. Thank you, Mildred, for your question. Troy, would you start us off with that? Sure. Um, I think that's a very interesting question. Um, The irony of it is, as um, teachers are coming out of college today, they are coming out of an environment uh, where they um, likely uh, grew up with a computer in the uh, the home. So uh, on an individual level, personally, they are probably more adept in the use of technology than the teachers that... uh, that uh, proceeded before them, the the gap exists, I think, in the teachers' ed programs across the country that are not uh, engaging um, would-be teachers and instructing them on how to leverage the use of technology in order to deliver um, curriculum. And I think that's where the gap occurs. Uh, most of us um, these days have a cell phone and we're capable of using a cell phone, an iPad, an iPod, um, a Mac or a PC. But the question is, how do you um, actively involve the use of that technology in the learning process? And I think that's where our biggest challenge is. And then the interesting 
evolution, in, in my opinion, of um, computing is that um, our approach to technology in the classroom used to be just stick a computer in the classroom, and that was sufficient to say that we are engaging uh, students with technology. A uh, computer is not the beginning nor the end of technology. And uh, we need to think beyond that, not only in the way that we are teaching our teachers how to teach, but also in the type of technology that we're using in the learning environment. Are we using um, pass cards? Uh, are we using paperless processes? Are we using um, uh, digital cameras uh, in, in the school? If we put our students in a technology-rich environment, not only are they going to uh, learn through the delivery process, the educational delivery process, the content delivery, but they will also learn from the environment itself. Technology today is much more intuitive than it used to be. My first job out of college was learning, uh, as an engineer, was learning um, a new program so that I could teach the senior engineers how to use that program. And if you remember, those of uh, us who are old enough to remember, training or computer training for every software was an integral part of purchasing and installing a new software. Today, software is much more intuitive. You load the software and you figure out how to use it. Mm-hmm. Children are probably the most intuitive if you hand a child a cell phone they will figure out how to uh, take pictures, log pictures, sort those pictures, store them, retrieve them in a matter of time. Mm-hmm. So we need to be able to in, um, place them in a technology-rich environment and to provide instructors who know how to leverage the use of that technology to inspire their students to explore and, and um, expand their horizons. Okay, great. Thank you, Troy. Dr. Johnson or uh, Dr. Rodriguez, anything you'd like to add from Mildred? Well, I think the other area that uh, is real important that needs to be incorporated into any learning that involves technology is um, the social interaction or the academic interaction uh, uh, as part of it. Um, And I know a number of... um, uh, programs are developing where they will provide online online courses, and at the same time they will um, provide um, adjunct uh, classroom um, interchanges uh, as a way to make sure that that kind of uh, uh, social interaction is there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. But, Gia, thank you so much for coming on and asking those questions, and thank you again, John in Michigan and Mildred in California for sending your questions in to us. Thank you, Dr. G. Mm-hmm. And thank you to each of our guests for um, answering those questions. I'm going to ask each of you to just to kind of think about um, some final tips as well as some references that you think might be valuable uh, for our listeners to, con- to consider. And we're going to take um, another break and be back in just a moment with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. 
Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact Innovisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at innovisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the KidStar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to dr.g at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters with Dr. G. Thank you for staying with us. We're back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again, Dr. Joseph Johnson, Dr. Alfonso Rodriguez, and Mr. Troy Bale for being with us today. I'm going to ask each of you just to think about just um, final tips that you would share with our listening audience on this topic of uh, impactful leadership. And who'd like to go first? Oh, I'd like to go go first. This Great. is Alfonso Thank you, Dr. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. And I think mm-hmm. uh, one of the main points that have come up is that uh, leadership can be uh, implemented at any level. So um, in our preschool environment, uh, school readiness is one of the most important missions that we have. Um, leadership can occur at a, at a very high level in terms of uh, a director participating in community groups to to help the whole community address uh, school readiness. And it can even occur at a classroom level where uh, the teacher uh, maybe has an assistant teacher and assumes responsibility for uh, interacting with children in a a really highly engageful way. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the themes that I see is that uh, leadership is not just limited to a certain level. Uh, It's really um, something that can be uh, employed at uh, whatever level a person is at. Fabulous. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Rodriguez. How about um, Troy, yourself, or Dr. Johnson? 
sure. Um, I think uh, to touch a, a little bit on what uh, Dr. Rodriguez said, uh, leadership can occur at any level. And uh, what I'm seeing in the work that I'm doing now is uh, the need for community leadership to come to the table in addressing uh, education needs in urban communities. Um, you've uh, heard the overuse of the adage that it takes a village to raise a child. Um, and oftentimes that's lip service, but uh, there is an incredible need and incredible opportunity for the forces to come together in the community, whether it be from local government or education, to develop solutions for the issues that are facing our kids. And uh, that specifically I've seen manifest in the notion that uh, schools should not just be uh, buildings, but uh, we should be looking at developing facilities where education takes place in addition to meeting the other needs of the community to make education relevant to every aspect of the community. And those communities that are struggling for an economic base, uh, you'll find more often than not that there is a uh, an issue um, a challenging education. And I think more and more and more increasingly we realize that if we don't have that educational foundation, then we're going to be challenged in terms of our uh, property values. We're going to be uh, challenged in terms of our ability to uh, create and find uh, high-paying jobs to, to attract the companies that we want to attract to our community because they're looking for the quality of education as an indicator as to whether or not they want to locate their business in our communities. So we realize that there's a broader impact that uh, comes back to our need and the demand for us to be able to develop quality education, something that we perhaps have ignored in the past. And as community leaders have an opportunity to come together and address these issues, we realize the importance and significance of education, and we have the opportunity for a mandate to do something about it. And I encourage people to embrace that opportunity to change the face of education in their communities. Great. Thank you, Troy. And Dr. Johnson, final thoughts from yourself. In many ways, this conversation has focused upon uh, many of the elements of, uh, of great teaching, great learning. We've talked about um, the quality of instruction, the level of engagement, the use of technology, and a number of other related issues. Um, the bottom line is that a lot of schools aren't there. And so the question is, well, how do they get there? And then the answer has to come back to uh, this segment's topic, leadership, impactful leadership. And, and, and so, um, you know, leaders who are out there listening might say, yes, all this sounds good. How do I get some, uh, for, for my school, for my, my early childhood center, for, um, the place where, where, where I work and have the privilege to serve? And, and I, and I, and I think that there are, uh, just a, a few things that I would like to, um, to share, um, in that regard. I, I, I think that one, you know, leaders have to be able to convince all the various stakeholders that they work with that change is possible. 
worthwhile, that that they can, in fact, uh, regardless of the obstacles they face, create uh, a better quality of schooling in a way that positively impacts the lives of the children they serve. So to me, that is job one. Leaders sell the notion that we can do this together. But then also, leaders have the very, very important task of helping people know in very real terms, what does that mean for them? Uh, What does that mean that we have to do differently Monday morning? Um, What 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 does that change look like in terms of 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 how we deliver math instruction how we um how we bring children together for this particular kind of activity um how we actually use these computers that have been sitting in in in, in this classroom uh so so in order to support real change happening leaders have to work with folks uh, in, in, in very concrete ways and helping them understand what the vision looks like, what it means for them, what their job is uh, to help make that happen. And then finally, leaders have to understand that you know, probably the reason that a lot of folks haven't done these things is not because they didn't want to, but because they don't know how to. And so leaders have to be thoughtful about how they can build the capacity of people to do these things. And and part of building the capacity means building the capacity of others to assume leadership roles as uh, as uh, as both uh, Mr. Bell and Dr. Rodriguez were were saying that you know we have to think in ways of of sharing leadership, distributing leadership across others, so that folks have the opportunity to help each other uh, build their capacity to implement the changes that are necessary. Mm-hmm. The final thing I want to say is that you know, certainly my work shows beyond a doubt, that this can be done, that we can have great schools that elevate the performance of all demographic groups of students. And because it can be done, it's very much worth our effort. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, Quickly, any references that anyone would like to point our listeners to? Any websites, books? Um, I have a a reference for, for those listeners who are uh, interested in um, teaching strategies for uh, preschool and um, uh, early elementary age children. Uh, It's called the CLASS, Classroom Assessment Scoring System. And I think it's a good overview of um, teacher uh, engagements with children uh, that have been identified by research as having a positive impact on uh, academic learning. So if if you have any... Uh, listeners that are interested in that arena, uh, they can certainly go into the Internet and just uh, uh, put, put it in, in the class. All caps, C-L-A-S-S? C-L-A-S-S. And that's Teachstone. Great. Any, um, we've probably got about 30 seconds remaining. Joseph, any um, websites you sure. can go to? Uh, 
ncust.org. Incust.org is our website. We encourage you to go there to look at all the information that's available there. Um, uh, pe- folks may even want to think about coming to our symposium on May 24th and May 25th here in San Diego. But all the information about our center, about the wonderful schools that we celebrate, information about the events that we host, all that's available through our website, incust.org. Wonderful. And Troy, how about yourself? Any references? I would encourage people to go to nfbpa.org. That's N as in November, F as in Frank, B as in Bravo, P as in Papa, uh, A as in Alpha.org. I'm doing a workshop at their uh, national con- conference on April 20th through the 24th, uh, and the content of that presentation will be posted there okay, concerning great. the uh, local governance and intergovernance combination. Wonderful. Well, again, thank you, Troy. I'll look to see if I can catch that workshop. I'm going to that conference as well. Excellent. Thank <laughs> so, again, you. thank you all for being with us. I think that you've given us some fabulous things to think about, everything from vision to culture to being clear on the what and the how to engage others. I love the three T's with regards to thinking, teamwork, and technology. Thank you for all you brought to today's show. show. And thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. For Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. G is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.